Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Signal of Doom. We have Val Semex on the phone with us right now. Val, how are you? I'm doing very, very well. Well, Val... Summer th- up here and it's nice weather. It's it's nice weather there, I'm glad, because uh, it is an honour to have an artist of your stature on Signal of Doom. And I also have Rich. Rich, you're here as well. How are you, mate? Yes, hello, everybody. Hello, Val. Uh, how are you doing? Now, Val... Um, Firstly, uh, I, can I just say, uh, we haven't, I'd, I'm not sure if we've had uh, like a famous artist on before, so I am just so thrilled because so many of the properties that you've touched, your Conan, uh, you did DC 1 million, you did Lobo, like, I mean, you've touched so many of the key properties, Val, that are a big part of me growing up with comics, and uh, it's amazing, and it's great to ha- have someone on with a different angle than all the different writers we've had on, to finally have an artist, someone who has to draw all this stuff. Um, I think the workhorse of comics are the artists. Would you agree, Val? I don't think we ever get enough credit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, no, uh, I have yeah. worked on an awful lot of different different characters, a lot of DC characters. Yeah. I've worked on X-Men and stuff like that as well. Yeah, A lot yeah. of good writers. Oh, man, we, and we're going to cover it now. But the first thing we always ask, Val, the question on Signal of Doom uh, listeners' lips is, we ask Betty or Veronica? Um, there is no right or wrong answer, Val, but which is your instinct? <laughs> you know, I grew up reading those comics, and Betty, Betty or Veronica? Well, I always liked Veronica. Veronica, yeah. She Look, I tell you what, she keeps polling better and better and better. Um, is that right? It's like the Gilligan's Island thing with those two, Ginger and uh, Marianne. Yeah, and um, we, we Chuck Dixon's a big friend of the show, and I know you did some work with Chuck, and he said, Veronica, yeah. great to date, but Betty to marry. <laughs> uh, that's I, th- I think that's probably right. Yeah. I, I, I think Veronica is going to be a handful in a high maintenance. <laughs> she is a high maintenance chick, I agree. Now, um, Val, before we even get started, I, I want to touch base on, you, you were saying you're doing some work on a Hyboria role-playing game, is that correct? Yeah. That's right. The Astonishing Heroes and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. The name's been shortened to Hyperborea. Mm-hmm. It's a role-playing game, sort of a Dungeons & Dragons style game. But cool. I do, I've do. i done quite a few illustrations for them now. Great. And Fantasy. is that... Is that st- yeah, yeah, I, I dig it, man. You're talking to a D&D guy. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, in D&D, Ed Greenwood. We had him on the show. He's the guy who created the Forgotten Realms in D&D, the world. Um, oh really? No, I've, I've never met him. No. Oh yeah, no. We 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 had him on the show like three hours, Val. Seriously, this this guy, oh. we went deep. Now, um, so you're doing like I'm imagining like with the Dungeons and Dragons role playing, like the monster manuals. Are you doing those kind of illustrations for that kind of stuff? Yeah, I've, I've actually done, I've done about a dozen, maybe twenty interior illustrations that I've done covers. Right. And, and most of them feature sort of role playing games, and there's a set of characters. Yeah that I've worked out to put them in different situations. Oh, that's cool. I kind of like it. It's, it's fun artwork. Great. And is that getting, is that released soon? Is that a Kickstarter? Is there somewhere people can... Oh, yeah, mo- most of it's been released. I, I have a new one I'm going to, a new cover I'm going to start next month. Okay, fantastic. Oh, great. So Excellent. All right, well, that's great. And I am imagining um, a, an artist of your statue with your great body of work, you must get hit up with a lot of commissions, like do people approach you through Facebook or have they got a web page or what's the story? Well, they go, they, go through, they go through my website. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, you could be Dave lobbing up. What if I said to you, I want Lobo fighting Conan? Is that the kind of stuff you get, you know, Val? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty much whatever people want. The yeah. more unusual the request, usually you get a better commission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it makes I, me I, think. Yeah. So. Well, it must be fun because, like, you know, I imagine when you, you're used to doing all these comic book um, scripts and stuff, like, the writers are always asking you to do crazy things. And then, but the if I come to you with a commission, I can really think outside the box. You know what I mean? Like, I can go, I want, I'm, I'm thinking Lobo for some reason, but I want, I want Lobo versus Wonder Woman over a lake of fire. And you're like, okay, thanks, Dave. <laughs> yes. That'd be, that'd be fine. I've, I've done a lot of uh, Lobo and Demon commissions. Yeah. I've done Lobo and Superman commissions. Yeah, yeah, um, well, yeah. Those, those are pretty good. Um, um, yeah, because Lobo and Superman, to me, 
I don't think they battle enough in the comics. I've always felt like that's a that just visually that's a great that's a great visual. You know, yeah, they're, they're they're very opposite characters. I, I always wanted to do a Lobo Bizarro. Oh yeah, Superman. yeah. There's two characters that fit together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, Hell yeah. Never wanted to do it. That, that the Superman people didn't want to use that. Is use Bizarro for Lobo. Yeah, yeah. I don't exactly. know. Um, now, basically, um, I'm going to get researched some questions, but um, oh, I was just thinking about all the different commissions and stuff like that. It's crazy. Now, Rich, you're the artist in residence here at Signal of Doom, so we're, we're throwing over to you to, to, for, for some of your questions. So would you like to kick off with some of your questions for Val? Yes, good, good. So, Val, just apologies in advance. I've had a very tiring week, so if I sound... <laughs> If I sound out of it, it's not my normal state. So, um, <laughs> but um, I thought we'd just ask you, you know, just some just some questions from sort of uh, like an artist's point of view and all that sort of stuff. Now, before we get into that, um, everyone has their origin story of whatever what got them into comics or hooked on comics, or even art doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. Uh, for someone like me, it does. Um, I read Archie and Casper and all that, but it never lit a fire under me until I read my first superhero comic book, which was actually Blasters with Snapper Car, oddly enough. Um, and that actually got me into drawing. But so what's your, what's your origin story? What, what got you motivated or hooked or, or passionate about drawing or comics or? Well, I've, I've wanted, I've been an artist since I was a little kid and I've always, always wanted to draw. And I really loved comics. But what influenced me the most when I was, when I was young were the uh, Carl Barks Duck Uncle Scrooge and those. Ah, guys. yes. I, I, they're, they're the bedrock of my, my comic book uh, sensibility. I liked how they traveled around the world. I liked the crazy adventures. And Barks was always the good duck artist. He was perfect. He was amazing. Mm. Um, and then, you know, then, then I read, growing up, I saw mostly, mostly DC comics. Marvel wasn't really distributed well in my little town. You know, so I know Flash and Green Lantern and mm. uh, Gil Kane and all of those artists. And later Marvel, of course, Marvel and Kirby, and it's King. Yeah. So a lot of comic book reading. And I was also a big fan of uh, Hal Foster. Oh, yes, okay. And of course, I read a lot of Robert E. Howard when I was in high school. Hell yeah, Val. Hell uh, with yeah. With a fantastic for a set of covers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, so uh, now I've got a question. Now, this will be more for the audience because you kind of did answer it uh, before we, we started sort of chatting all that. But uh, you, you've worked on quite a range of genres in comics from fantasy to superhero, even Mad Magazine. What's yep. your favorite genre to work on? What gives you the most freedom to flex your skills and or which is the toughest that pushes and challenges you uh, as a genre? Well, I like heroic fantasy. Uh, far and away more than anything else. Uh, Conan stories, and um, you know I like it just because it, the locations are wild. It's not you can draw the buildings lucid. There's a lot about it that like you know heroic guys, beautiful women, monsters, all of that. Um, I've done more superhero work than that because that's mainly where the comic book industry is. Mm. Um, some things I find tedious. I find drawing cityscapes tedious. Apartment mm. interiors are tedious. You have to do it, and you have to work to make them interesting. Um, I've always uh, been drawn to having good locations and a good sense of place in my artwork. Um, and I'm always thinking about it in that terms. Did I do it for you? Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, so, so basically, if you could draw basically Conan or, or Cole all day, you'd be happy? Yeah, um, Absolutely. So fantasy stuff, I, I, I did a bunch of work for the Legends of uh, Drist. I guess that's how it's pronounced. Yes, mm. um, yes. That, yeah, that, that, that's also fantasy, and that was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, about as hard as I've worked. That was 30 pages a month, and that's a lot more than what I usually do. Yeah. Uh, now, um, I mean, you, you talk about stuff like, like it's tedious or even stuff like maybe that could be difficult. Like what, what Other than, obviously, the old-fashioned advice of draw every day, what, what advice would you give people on how to improve maybe aspects um, that they struggle with uh, or, or that they feel is their weakest skill? You know, like if, if someone struggles with hands or feet or perspective, like what advice would you give them on how, what's a good way to go around improving your weaknesses? Well, every, everyone always talks about hands and feet, and I think they tend to overdraw them. You need to keep it simple and sort of think about the whole mass of the hands and not all the individual fingers and joints. Um, same thing with feet. 
I think the most important thing in, in penciling is, for me, is to learn to understand the shapes that make things and to mm. start with basic um, sketch work where you're really working with shapes. Once you understand how all that works, you can start to draw in perspective for shortening and all of that. And that's really what you need to do. And once you do that, you just have to draw a lot. There's no shortcuts. Yes. You've got to, you've got to get all those bad drawings out. <laughs> um, no bad, there aren't any bad drawings. They're just drawings that aren't finished. <laughs> I never will be. <laughs> well, that um, too. Now, uh, we, we've had a, we've had a few discussions on on uh, the the show because uh, I, I'm a big fan of 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 black and white, and I, I think Dave is as well. So, um, yeah. uh, we, we've had, so we've had some discussions about this. Of uh, I tend to, I feel like there's some artists out there who, who their work shouldn't be black and white because I don't think they understand, or they maybe they struggle with negative space. How do you approach your panels in black and white when deciding what will be negative space, what will have shadow, what will have detail in it? Like, because um, I feel like there's just some black and whites where it's so much white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I almost feel like the, the book shouldn't be in black and white. Well, I've always thought one of my strengths in comic books is how I lay out pages. And I'm going to tell you, I don't really struggle with it. When I read a script, it seems clear to me this is how it's supposed to go. And that, that's not a good explanation for how I do it, but it's basically how it works. Mm. Panel layouts, you're always looking for balance, you know, where the images or if, if there is white space around it. I always plan for the dialogue balloons, too. That's part of the mm. graphic element. And all, that all that should balance. I think, I think a well-drawn page, without looking at individual panels, should be, be pleasantly in balance with close-ups and establishing shots. But everything sort of fit together like like puzzle pieces to make it a pleasant whole. I wish I'd give you a better answer to that, but it's, it's it, some artists really work at trying to do page layouts. It comes easy to me. Cool. Oh, I mean, look, that's fair. I mean, sometimes it is hard to, to explain a sort of like a, an affinity or um, ju just a sort of a natural eye. Um, not everyone is going to have that, but I mean, you can work at it. Um, I, I, I think I'm reading a lot of comics, I think, mm. as a kid. Yeah, you sort of have language ingrained into you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's always the best thing to do is always just study other people's work. I mean, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with just taking it all in uh, and borrowing from here and there. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, have you have you made the switch to digital at all? Uh, like, whether fully or partially, or or using any of that, or are you still solely solely traditional? Now, what, what I do now in my commission work, I, I still work pencil on paper because I like having an original. Mm -hmm. um, but what I will do, I, I go through a step, what, what I call it a layout sketch. And it's really, um, it's a loose drawing. I use it for positioning and getting proportions right. But I'll, I will scan that and I'll manipulate that drawing digitally to get everything exactly where I want. That's and then I'll print that out and I'll, I'll, I'll transfer that to an actual drawing. So I do, I do use some di digital elements now. I've got a question. No actual pencil. I've got a question just to cut in. Do you, um, with your with your original artwork, um, do you sell all this kind of stuff? Because I know that now the comic book art world apparently is exploding in value, Val. Uh, well, most of mine got sold before it's uh, valuable. Right, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hate the day when I see uh, artwork very, very expensive on uh, some auction site that I yeah. didn't get the money. But you don't get a piece of it, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I, I get it. I, so, I make new art anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, back to you, Rich. <laughs> That's all good, buddy. It's all good. Uh, so um, you, you've just you, you talked about um, some of your inspirations and what get you, uh, got you into sort of drawing and all that sort of stuff. But um, who were your uh, your role models? Now, like who who taught you the most in your work? Now, either in person or just from studying their work, just like being enraptured. Like who who are Val's role models? Oh, okay, well. I have very little formal training in art. I, I'm, I'm pretty much self-taught and self-developed all my you know, my penciling abilities. I'm getting some of my halfway de decent anchor nowadays. Um, I always like to say my my three main influences were Kirby, Carl Barks, and Hal Foster. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really tell the story. I'm influenced by any artist I look at, good or bad. They'll mm. do something I like or they'll do something I don't like, and I take it all in. And after years of reading comics, I certainly have a lot, a lot of favorite artists. And, just that list of three doesn't come anywhere near capturing how many. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
it, it's basically what you, what I draw now comes from all the stuff I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. And and when you got time. when you got into the business and you started working, was there anyone that not necessarily took you under their wing, but maybe someone who would sort of give you a bit of advice or or, or show you the ropes or open your open your eyes to anything? Anyone anyone that you sort of collaborated with when you when you started working in the well, industry? My, my, my first editor was Larry Hama at Marvel Comics. He gave me the first work with the King called Backup Stories in Savage Sword. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he did when he uh, saw my artwork, brought me down, he says, you don't know how to draw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was educational. I thought I was actually pretty good at drawing then. But, mm. but what it really was, I hadn't yet mastered the concept of drawing with shapes and understanding that and how you develop a drawing from simple sketches up to a final drawing. Mm. really have to understand that. So once you do, then you can draw anything. And it's a, I hope, it also makes you faster. Yeah. Okay. Good old, good old Larry. Always. We love Larry Hummer here, uh, Val. <laughs> he's, our, he's our white whale we're chasing to get on the show. He's a lovely guy, but he's busy. And, um, you know, but we, we're working on it, Val. We're going to get him one day. We've got you, so we're one step closer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Now, obviously, I had the question of uh, who's your favorite fi uh, fictional character. And, um, uh, no, do you have a different – who's your favorite fictional character just in general, just your favorite? And then who's your favorite character to work on? Now, I'm sure you've answered that already, so it would probably be Conan yeah, well, to well, work well, on. My favorite character would be Conan from uh -huh. the Robert E. Howard books, um, where, where he got it right. And I've never liked any of the movies or a lot of the stuff that came after. Yeah. Of course, King Paul, well, any of the Robert E. Howard characters. But Conan's a, a fundamental – yeah. iconic character so he's what I like to draw um, in um, that kind of material oh, I'm also into yeah. Lord, Lord of the Rings and elves and, and trolls and all that stuff too so. so you love all that stuff Al I, I am so the same like I think Conan is I almost underappreciated I, I, I think that world that Robert E. Howard built is so impressive you know what i mean and people i some think some people out there don't understand what a you know great world that he built in those stories man you know it, 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 it's such a wonderful playground for the character yeah you know for the mysterious astygia and the yes. northern countries it's just, it's just wonderful you get all these different cultures you know and he's just sort of making his way through them exactly he's the, so, he's so the many opportunities for adventure stories it's great yeah and did you ever get a chance to draw the one? You know where the dinosaur is chasing him at the start of the story. Did you ever ever get a chance to touch touch you're that talking, one? You talking, talking about red nails? Yes, yes. Well, I I, I really uh, admire Windsor Smith's work. That's that's yeah. one of the great great Conan stories ever drawn. Yeah, for it's sure. fantastic. Yeah, it's a gold. It's I, a, I never got a chance to draw it though. Yeah, no, yeah, but it, I it is it is a landmark. Like just when I the first time I read that story, just like in prose, I was like, man, this is a story. And then yeah, I saw red when I saw Red Nails, I was like, wow, he took it to a whole new level. Like it was it was amazing. Like yeah. I, I always thought when they did a movie, they ought to adapt Red Nails. Totally agree. Instead, of, when they make a movie, adapt Red Nails. Yeah, make that the movie, that story. Well, I instead agree. of what people always try to do. Yeah, uh, I almost, you know what I think would be cool with Conan as well, like on Netflix, like an animated Conan movie, you know, with the te yeah. with the technology they've got today, like how, how good the animation can look. I, I just think that that might actually really trigger in a whole bunch of new fans and, and just grasp people's attention, you know. I, I, that'd be a good venue for it. They could do it. Yeah, for sure. Look, look at the success of Game of Thrones and other fantasy yep. type stuff. It could be done, certainly. Definitely. Rich, you cool. got some more questions? Yeah, yeah. So um, as, a, as a penciler, uh, when it comes to getting a script from a, a writer, how what's your preferred um, sort of method with this? Do you prefer a little bit more collaboration, a bit more input from the writer as to how he's looking for the panels or what he wants? Or would you prefer just like, look, give me the script, I'll decide and, and sort of plan out the panels and, and read what they should be. Um, what's your preferred uh, method? Well, it depends with the underwriter. A really good writer, he, he's already got the panels figured out well. Um, and there's not a jumble or anything that's really got to be sorted out. Um, I can do it as well. I mean, I, the, the Marvel way is just sort of a plot without script, and the script is added afterwards. Mm -hmm. And you see you have full script. Now, when it's a, a good writer, I like having the script because then I can draw 
reactions and interchange between the characters, knowing what the words are. Um, if you don't have that, you tend, tend to get a lot of neutral expressions on the characters, and I think it's better when you know what it is. And then you can also fit the uh, the characters in the panels so the word balloons go where they're supposed to go. Yeah. But no, like no. Like that. But like with okay, but would you prefer like just getting the script and no, and you deciding sort of panel layout? Um, what sort of how the panels will will look, or would you prefer, or, or is it easier if, as you say, the the writer has kind of maybe mapped out or planned the panels already? Uh, no, I I like to decide how the panels and the pages go. Right. And, and even if the right writer ha has it down, it's I, I regard it as a suggestion. If I if I have a better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're the artist, so yeah. I, yeah. That's right. I have to I have to draw it. <laughs> it's got to be difficult though, because I mean, so many like. I guess with artists, it's, we uh, we all sort of think kind of the same way, right? We we look at things how it's the best way to look at it. But what what is it like working with like so many different writers, where each writer has a different style or a different way of doing that? Is it is it sometimes a bit tricky to sort of um, uh, find that sort of uh, common ground or, or get into a groove because you're dealing with different writers with different styles? Well. That's that's an interesting question. I, I've, I've worked with a lot of very very good writers, from mm. Alan Grant to Grant Morrison and um, Dwayne McDuffie. They all the styles are different, but I don't have any trouble adopting my style to whoever's writing. If, if that answers the question, um, no, I, it's, it's, page layout comes easy to me. It's not yeah. something I struggle with. It doesn't really matter who the writer is. Yeah. And all the writers you've mentioned, I mean, they're the tippy-topper writers, you know, like they're some of the mm. legends of the industry. So they know what they're doing and you know what you're doing kind of thing. So it's a perfect blend. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I, I haven't had the misfortune to work with very many writers who don't know what to do. Yeah. Then, oh, it, then it is a problem. Yeah. You can have writers who try to put too, too much into a single page. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then there can be problems. Sure. Mm. But I, by and large, I've had good writers. Oh, that well. well. Good for you. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a lucky guy, I guess. <laughs> uh, now, um, I've got uh, well, my last questions, and then we're, we're going to get more off the, you know, uh, deep dive into the art and more just your the, the background and your history and all that. Is how do you feel um, your style has changed over the years? Is that a is that a conscious effort? Because when I look at your work, when I look at your your early Conan stuff, and then we look at your Lobo stuff, and then you know we look at your more superior stuff, your Justice League incarnations, all that sort of stuff. There is a um, your style has changed. Is that just because um, it's not black and white, or uh, because it's a bit more superhero based, or or do you find that uh, it's not your art change? It's just that you've adapted, or you have a few different styles for whatever it is that you're doing? Well, I think in a lot of ways, I've, I've just gotten better at drawing. I'm better now than I've ever been. Mm. I'm faster now than I've ever been. But as an artist, I used to, when I first started, I used to worry about, I don't really have a style. Mm. You can't really sort of decide on drawing in a style unless it's a real sort of strict cartoony sort of thing. Mm. And it just has to develop. I mean, you learn, your style comes from little things you do, how you draw you know how you how you draw your you know eyes or mouth or just basic things like that. Eventually, you get so you draw them a certain way. Mm. And that sort of gets to be a style. And once you've drawn enough comics, you've certainly drawn figures and character poses, women and superheroes, enough times to where you have a certain way that you go about drawing them. And I think that's what defines your style. That just comes with time. So it's basically uh, you, you've you just find you, you it's an evolution, not a, a more it's a more of a subconscious than a conscious. You've just sort oh, yeah. of. Yeah, I, 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 I would say, I would say so. And if you, you know, as an artist, if you're not, if you're not getting better, well, you, sh you should be. You should yeah. always be looking for to, to do things that that push you a little bit. You know that you're uncomfortable with, and get better at it. Now, um, b before we hand you off to 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 Dave, I've got like I'm, I'm I'm very critical of a lot of um, comic <laughs> art today. <laughs> um, there's I feel, very, there's I, very little that impresses me. Yeah, I, I'm, I feel like there's a fundamental uh, misunderstanding uh, and lack of knowledge of, of even the basics of just even how to draw. What advice would you give anyone that wants to learn to draw? So not, not someone who is drawing and wants to improve their skills. 
if someone's going to pick up a, a, a pencil for the first time, what would you say is the most important thing to learn when you first start to draw? For somebody who's not inclined to be able to draw? <laughs> well, not inclined. Maybe someone they've inspired, they want to they wanna start drawing. Because, I mean, we all start at some point. <laughs> So what if I if I decide I want to be a comic book artist, Valish? Well, I've got no drawing skill. What do I do? <laughs> well, everyone learns to draw at some well, point. I'm just talking short, about for young artists. Is, scribble down a bunch of lines and erase the bad ones, and you have a drawing. Yeah. But that, of course, that's not helpful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the way the way I've learned, gotten to go about drawing now, I start with a, sim, a simple framework, um, and, and then I add basic shapes to it. Once again, back to that. And you have to get things in proportion, and you slowly develop the drawing. You add more detail um, to the basic structure until you get to a final drawing. What you really can't do is, is sit down and just try to. You're drawing like somebody's face. Yeah. Put the nose down, and then the eyes, and line by line. That doesn't work. You have you have to learn to understand how the how the shapes of it work together, and how the pieces work together. And for a beginning artist, I think the sooner you think that way, the better off you are. No, I mean, the only reason I'm asking is, as you said, you're self-taught. So am I just thinking is what advice would you give someone who also, you know, what advice would you have loved to have gotten when you were self-teaching yourself? <laughs> well, okay. well, well, well look, look, look at the artist you like. Um, look at the artist you like. Look, look at how their story, uh, their panels go together, what they're drawing, um, how they use blacks, how, how the uh, space is balanced, all those sorts of things. Mm. Just, just look at the artist you admire. and Maybe in the beginning, just try to copy what they're doing. Yeah, that might help. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get that. Uh, I, I understand that. Like, I mean, God, when you, as you said, when you were reading those, um, you know, those Ducktales and all that kind of stuff back in the day. I mean, that's your interest is in that stuff, and so I'm sure you were sketching stuff yourself, and you, know, you start building from there. And before, oh, sure. yeah, you know, it all it all goes hand in hand. Um, I had a question. Uh, when it comes to like, you you did monthly comic books for a long time, Val, and oh, yes. big big titles like one million. I remember when that came out; like that was a big event. Um, the sheer grind of it did that sort of make surely just having to churn the pages out kind of made you better and more efficient just to get the work out. But when you, when you first top start doing professional comics, the hardest thing is how much you have to draw. Yeah, you should be doing a page a day. Yeah. Um and. You know, when you first start, takes, a page will take me 8 to 12 hours, depending on how complicated the page is. I'm faster now, yeah. but that's a lot of time. It is a heavy-duty grind. Yeah. Uh, when I first started, it was 24 pages a, a month, went to 22. And, and, and now it's 20, I believe. Now it's, I, it's, hard, yeah. it's hard to keep up. Yeah, yeah. And Especially um, if you want to put a lot into it where you care about details and backgrounds and sense of place and all of that. Well, I was looking before we did this interview, you know, this morning, I was looking over DC 1 million just to kind of get a feel for it again. And that's a busy book. I mean, Grant Morrison's a busy writer, and you're, you've, those pages are filled, man. Oh, yeah. It is a lot of characters in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever so, you draw a team book, there's, a, there's an awful lot to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that was Richard's questions. Richard, do you have um, anything else? or? I... Uh, yeah, no, as I said, I mean, I don't want to go into a deep dive. We're not, you know, we're not, this isn't a drawing 101. Just, you know, <laughs> just wanted to pick a, pick an artist's brain yeah, with yeah, just definitely. some of the, some of the stuff and okay, we can hey, get on, we can get onto the meatier stuff now. Um, oh, yeah. what was that? Sorry. I was going to say, ask away. I hope I can give you good answers on how, on how to uh, be a better artist. Oh, God. Uh, I need all the help I could get if I wanted to be an artist. <laughs> Jesus, I would be here all day. Um, now, look, I mentioned Chuck Dixon. Uh, he's a huge friend of the show. Um, now, obviously, you did this savage sort of car with him back, I think, in the early days for both of you. Um, yeah, he, he, he was the writer. On, I think I did nine King Cole stories. I think he wrote them all. Wow. How was it working with Chuck back in the day? Um, it would have been like, are we talking like early to mid-80s kind of period? Yeah, this was, this is going to be 86, I think I started. Okay, right. Maybe late, maybe late 85. The, uh, the call material has been collected into an omnibus, by the way. I own it. I own it. Yeah, no, I, I've got it. It's, yeah, it's good um, stuff. It's, it's very nice. And I also just finished uh, two, two commissions based on Fool's Night Chuck Dixon story. Oh, cool. One of them was on Facebook. The other one I haven't posted yet. It was a, a wonderful commission request by Guy German. That's great. And did Chuck work full script back back in those days? Um, yes, they were full script. Yeah, as I remember. Yeah. 
Um, a long time ago. You're testing my memory. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, look, I do <laughs> okay. want to... One of my favourite characters in comics, like especially at DC, is Lobo. Now, we recently, very sadly, lost Alan Grant, who... Yeah, about two weeks ago. Very, yeah. he, he's an underappreciated great writer. Oh, yeah. Not underappreciated by me. I absolutely love his work. I'm, I'm a big Judge Dredd guy, and, I mean, the work he did on Judge Dredd, even before he came over to American Comics, you know... It's such a heavy loss. Um, now, but you did some... I mean, I think the iconic uh, Lobo. When I think Lobo, I think of the two of you teamed up. How was it working on Lobo? Like, I mean, how many... How long were you on it? Was it a couple of years or was it a few years? It feels like there was a lot of Lobo. I think it was like... It was two years. Two years and then I got an opportunity to draw Wolverine at Marvel. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Before I finished, we did the, the Lobo Judge Dredd yes. crossover. And I always thought Lobo. Lobo belongs in the 2000 AD universe. It makes much more sense over there. <laughs> he's well. He's so crazy. And I mean, you guys. Uh, it was it was a crazy title when 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 you and Alan were working on it. It's it's all the way out there. I agree. It is very 2000 AD. What was your memories of working with Alan Grant like back in those days? Like, I, did you closely collaborate it, or or not? Well, we, we 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 had a few meetings in in New York. He's he's Scottish and he mm. lived in the UK. Mm. Um. You know, but we, you know, we had some meetings, mainly discussed direction for stories. Yeah. And then he'd write him in the, the scripts are hysterical. Yeah. They're still hysterical to look at them. There was, there, they must have been so much fun to write. Yeah. The dialogue just seems to flow. Yeah. And it's funny. And it's funny to draw. It's yeah. so much fun to draw. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And I worked on him, on the demon with him as well. The demon, similarly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I went a st- notch higher with Lobo. Yeah, was he? Uh, what I've heard him speak, he had a very thick Scottish accent. Am I correct? Yeah, to to a point. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's why I couldn't understand him. No, you couldn't understand. But, him. Cool. Uh, look, I just think it's great. Another great one he did. I believe you guys did Lobo the Duck, which was the yeah, yes, Lobo. I love Lobo the Duck. Lobo, <laughs> Lobo the Duck did not get used anywhere near enough for yeah. how good a character he is. He's a great character. Um, they they used him in that one story. I I would I would have loved it. Hey, look across his lobo with a with a Carl Barks a, a duck character. Great. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I think it was that uh, what do they they called it? I forget what it was called, amalgam or something like that. And, yeah, uh, amalgam. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's two there's two go rounds with amalgam, and they only did one with lobo the duck. Yeah, they should do more lobo the duck. I think he's such a great great character. Um, is is Lobo? I imagine Lobo would be one of your most common commission requests. Now, is he is he still right up there? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I get a lot, a lot of uh, Lobo, a lot of Demon requests. Yeah, and a lot of uh, Superman and things like that. Yeah, well, I, I I believe it, man. And um, if I wasn't so cheap, I'd be hitting people up for commissions. I need to get more space in my walls and get some of that stuff going. Um, now we mentioned Wolverine. Um, you run with Larry Hammer. Um, you you guys. Uh, that period when you were on there, you were doing Feral Wolverine. And was it yeah, fun? I, yeah. I, I would have liked to have done a little more regular Wolverine than the Feral Wolverine. Yeah. That, that's what the storyline was when I was there. Well, that was my question. Like, you had to adjust the Feral, but it must have... So it was editorially driven, or was it, was it Larry, or was it... It wasn't you, but was it editorial that was saying we need this Feral Wolverine? Well, it, it was... Uh, he was already Feral when I started... When I my little run on it started. Yeah. Yeah, that was already part of the storyline. You had that great uh, crossover or, or team up with Electra, who must have been fun, you know. Oh yes, everybody wants to. All the artists want to draw Electra. Yeah. Do you get um, much uh, Wolverine Electra commissions? Because I imagine that they must come in, uh, you know, from the hardcore fans. I I don't know if I've ever had an Electra commission. See, I right. think I got to think about that. Wolverine comes up not 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 even as much as. Far and away, I think it's mostly Lobo and Demon that I get requests for. Yeah, um, yeah. You, but you, uh, I don't know. So, like, so uh, do, so, do, you, do you have like a do you have like a massive draw of reference for all the different characters? Like when you say go work on the X Men, you'd probably have to have a folder with what everyone looks like, right? Like with their costumes and well, stuff. Yeah, well, back well back in the day, I have a, a big library full full of uh, uh, photographs. Uh, illustration books, all of that, and a comic book collection, of course, too, but mm. now the internet, with a computer right next to where I sit, so I yeah. can put whatever I need. You know, oh, yeah, so now you can Google everything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real easy now, but I've, I've got a ton of, ton of unusual books. Yeah. There's, room full of them. there's something um, that Richard brought up recently on a show. Um, 
and I'm no artist, but it's this concept of where people take photos and and trace over them. Rich, is is that what you you're critical of? You know, is this oh, something yeah, you yeah, can yeah. count? I mean, I well, I, I never do that. No, 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 no. you're, you're oh, wait, still no, natural. No, no, we're no. just white. Or, or yeah. tracing somebody else's art or layouts, you also don't do. That feels yes. like cheating to me. Like when I, I I'm I've been looking at your work, Val, over the last you know few weeks, and when I see your Wolverine, it's so raw. It's clearly no one. You're not tracing anything. It's coming from you. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. And it just feels to me so much more uh, real than just someone tracing something. You know when they make the person look like the actor perfectly? I always get that uncanny valley kind of thing going on. Yeah, it, it, if it looks photo perfect, it's probably because they took it from a photo. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's just that simple. I mean, well, I, yeah. I'll, I'll look at, you know, reference, mm. you know, to see what something looks like, but it's always going to be a brand new drawing. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of why I was asking you, like, you know, because everyone has a weakness in a sense, right? Someone, it could be a weakness of drawing buildings or, you know, doing backgrounds and stuff and all that. But what I found a lot today, which really annoys me, is I can clearly tell when someone is using a computer program for the backgrounds. Um, no, that's, you know, then, then, then a machine's doing the work. I don't want to yeah, see a machine. And, and that I just, and that's why I don't, um, <laughs> I, I don't care how good a story is. If if the art hurts my eyes, I, I just can't participate in. in I, I've never book. bought a comic book for the writer. I have to. Like <laughs> that, I'm exact. I'm pretty much the same. I've every <laughs> every book is generally based on art. Like there are a few writers that I'm like, yes, I will buy them. But well, there's if writers I see a good I like new artists, I'll buy it. I, I have to like the art. Well, it's a visual medium, isn't it, Val? At the end of the day, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, like otherwise, go read a go read a, a damn novel, you know. <laughs> exactly. Right. I, I think good good artists bring wonder to the story. Yeah. You know, what I always like to say, it's very easy to write ten thousand screaming mutants come storming across the ridge. Yeah, yeah. It's different to draw it <laughs> and have it be good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I, that's that's so true, man. And um, yeah, it's undeniable. Now, looking at DC One Million, I, I remember being in the comic stores when this came out. And this, this, I'm a big Grant Morrison fan. Um, was this a challenging assignment, like running a company wide event? And you, I assume you had to come up with the character designs for the future characters. Now, I believe Grant Morrison, from what I've read, um, he almost, like, sketches the stories out in his scripts. I don't know if that makes the final script that you see. Like, what was it like working on that event? Well, what um, that was a big project. I knew it was an important one when I was working on it. Um, there was a lot of pre-production sketchbook work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant had ideas sort of for what the characters look like, but not much more than that. Mm. Um, and I spent... Quite a bit of time. If you go to my website and look at the uh, sketchbook section for DC One Million, you can see most of the artwork. Great. A lot of effort went into that, and that was used not just in the stories that I drew, but in some of the other stories that uh, went with the event also. Yeah, like the tiny, because there's a lot of. I've got the omnibus, and it's massive. It, geez, you'll hurt your back picking that one up, you know. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got one myself. I'm looking at it on shelf. It is a big book. It is. It's a great look. Honestly, Val. I, I wasn't innocent back in those days. I, I barely knew, you know, that it wasn't just robots drawing them. But I remember loving <laughs> that book. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that. Uh, when those when those stories came out, I, I that was my peak moment for liking DC and JLA. It was a really peak moment for DC in my in my mind. And I'm so pleased that I, I actually think that they should. You know how DC are always like it's a crisis. Oh, guess what? It's another crisis. Like, how about giving us a bit more DC One Million stuff? You know, that'd be fun. I don't. I don't think they fully explored it. I. I really liked that project. I. I liked how to end it. Yeah. With Superman sort of re. Um, remaking Lois. Yeah. And as the as the golden pair there at the very end, I think that came off very very. Yeah. No. It's re- It's a really. It's a really it's strong story. Great and, story. Yeah. It's a. It's a great one. And but I. I really do believe. Um, also, alongside um, your JLA incarnations, your artwork in like in that book and the way you you change the style of, of it through the different literally incarnations of the Justice League that 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 for me is like a peak moment where Justice League to me JLA was at its most highest point in terms of interest. You know, and I, I a good story arc. Uh, dinosaurs and, uh, and uh, apes and monkeys. Yeah, it's great <laughs> stuff, man. Like, you know, and uh, I just <laughs> love it. Comics. Yeah. I hate it when comics get too serious. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they, they, they've got to be a bit nutty and a bit wild. Like, that's the whole Absolutely. point, you know? That's It's the whole point, exactly. But, but, but I, I don't go back to the things that, that like, I don't like to draw. I, I don't like to draw tedious, ordinary things. Mm. Um, I'd rather draw a spaceship yeah. than a uh, car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I you whacked out a Lobo car. Yeah, <laughs> Lobo's, you know, his hog thing that he drives around on with the dog. <laughs> yes. I, I don't. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a company in Spain that made a miniature of Lobo on his bike. Really? It's. Oh yeah, it's. It's. Uh, they. They sent me a painted sample from the owner. It's gorgeous. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you get? Um, I, I don't mean to sound like your accountant, but like, do you get a piece of any of the stuff that you like? Let's just say DC One Million. You. You. I. You know. I assume you get a co-creator credit with Grant Morrison on a lot of that stuff. Do you get a piece of any of the stuff that comes out if they do a product line and all that? Oh, they're. they're... And for the published stuff, I'll, I'll eventually see some sort of royalty. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea what's published around the world. No. I don't think I saw any royalties for anything published in Australia, for instance. Really? But um, what about like figures and stuff like that? Uh, done. No. Oh man, um, that's as, as far as as far, as far as copyrighted characters like Lobo and Demon, I have no no rights for. If they're used for something else or something, there's a different artist. I don't. Uh, see, I, I, I mean, I don't mean to get too far off the beaten track here, but I am a big standing up for creator rights, and I just feel that some of the deals could be sweetened a little bit in terms of the merchandising because if they're basic, no, no, no question. Yeah. Well, the, well, the the big one is movies. Yeah. Where yeah. fortunes are being made there, then the artists aren't necessarily, you know, yeah, compensated in any way for that. And, and I mean, uh, Star Starlin apparently had to put up a big fight to get money from the. Uh, Thanos movies, yeah. Avengers movies, and it's it's crazy. All his like, concepts. Yeah, like I saw on the re look, I saw the recent uh, Thor movie, which I thought was a complete snore. But they did uh, one of the artists. I want to say his name's Asad Ribic. It's very similar to that. But anyway, literally his image from the comic, like it's a image of like a dead god. Like it's and it it's literally in the movie. So it, a direct swipe from a car. Yeah, yeah, and like he doesn't, and they give he gets a thanks, and I'm like, what? What does a thanks do? A thanks doesn't buy a cup of coffee, you know? Pay the rent, that's for sure. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I just, I just think we're at that point now where they don't even need. It's not like they have to throw away fortunes, but they could just sweeten the deal and it encourages people to stick around and work for these companies, knowing there's going to be potentially some back end. It seems to make business sense. Like they're not going to throw away so much money; it's actually going to hurt them. These movies are making, you know, literally billions of dollars in some cases. You know, they they, they could spread the wealth a little bit to the artists. There's no there's no question. Yeah. E even something like the omnibus editions. Yes. They they they, they list for a hundred twenty five dollars the yeah. uh, DC yeah. one million. Yeah. I see very very little of that. See, I, that was a question. See, I would have thought that that would have been a cash cow for you, that kind of thing, when when that gets printed. But that's a shame if that if that's not getting. If oh, you, I, I, you know. I, I see something, but for yeah. for the omnibus, yeah, I'm about ten percent of the pages, you know. With the, but the, it's the primary story. Yeah, yeah. It's what it is. They have a they have a formula they use, and that's how they that's how they do it. Yeah. As far as international sales go, oh, I have fans in China. I didn't know it's even published in China, but there you go. Well, I've heard um, Chuck Dixon has said that apparently uh, at some point, I don't know when, DC stopped paying the writers and artists for international sales. So he doesn't get royalties for all the, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of pages that he's sold here in Australia, for example. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, they, it's they, they, yeah, DC used to, but at least DC is paying for digital sales. Yeah, good. You know, so everything I've, everything I've done is pretty much still somehow in print, except for as far as I can tell the demon material. Right. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of your Lobo because I've got DC Infinite, and a lot of your Lobo is on there now, if not all of it, actually, probably. And um, that's something I think. Uh, look, it's just something. I mean, for these creators, like, and you're one of them who've put in literally your career, and you know, you've built some of these characters. Like Lobo wouldn't be as big as he is if it hadn't been for you and Alan Grant. You know what I mean? Like, he just wouldn't. You know, be. Uh, absolutely. First monthly book. Yeah. We we gave it. Um, we took it from just being a violent character yeah. to giving it more humor, making it, in a lot of ways, more palatable. Mm -hmm. um, 
and is it's it's what's it's a highlight of my career. I think it's ex- extremely funny stuff, even when I still great. look at it. Yeah, it's great. Um, now you did mention uh, the Legend of Drixt. We did it. I'm a big um, look. I'm a D and D geek from way back, and so yes. I read the books. The um, original books and we and we did the comic recently and we really enjoyed it um and i believe you did the like you did the trilogy right you did it you did a few of them yeah? I, I did two two trilogies i did streams wow. of silver yes. and the crystal shard yes i was originally supposed to do a third one but they took me off the book for who knows what reason take a look at the art it was on time 30 pages a month oh it's great artwork and and rich i know what you enjoyed it as well remember we did this one recently oh yeah i mean but that but i I agree with that. I think fantasy for any artist is the most fun because as you can be loose, you, your imagination can, can be a bit more free. Um, and, and yeah, we really enjoyed it. Are we going to do some more of that, uh, definitely, definitely. uh definitely. forgotten realm stuff for sure. Is that the kind of thing that they might reach out to you again for Val? Like, you know, te- you know, you're a fantasy guy and I know you work on the Hyboria stuff, like, um, the pub, whoever the publisher is of, of D and D now, like um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know who's doing Drist now. They just it's still in print. Yeah, and, and that that's one where I had to, uh, to get basically get a a separate agreement for some sort of royalties. I don't I don't see anything on it anymore. Really? Yeah, that's right. That that's yeah, that's outrageous. I want to say it's that a t- pro- it's a tough business. There's no doubt about it. It is. A, it is. Look, it, it is. Um, you remember that uh, saying? And I'm not sure if he actually said it. Or Jack Kirby said, "Comics will break your heart, kid." Um, okay. It's. It is. I don't mean this to be a downer, but like the way people had, you know, how they say that um, the creators of Superman almost died in poverty, and you're like, really, like. And yet, you, you think you think they'd be rich for what they created and how much money was made with America? <clears throat> yeah. Well, so Val, I've got a bit of a, a question. So I, I see there's a quite a few ex um, comic artists and writers and all that that they seem to have a little bit of success on the indie market and the um, uh, Kickstarter stuff and all that. Um, you got any ideas swirling around or any plans to maybe launch something of your own, something that you own and and you can make all the money on? Well, I've, I've always had ideas, but I'm getting so I don't want to work 10 hours a day. Yeah. Six, uh, seven days a week is where, it, is where it really is. So I'm, if I had a little more time besides the commission work, I, I would work, I think, on, on single illustrations. Yes. Fantasy orientated, things like that. Yeah. Um, I always have ideas for situations and locations that make for very good mm. illustrations. But right now, I'm basically just, Pretty much busy all the time. Well, that's good. I mean, I. Well, that's God good. Bless yeah, that you. Good. Uh, look, God bless you for that because that's what I want to hear from someone of your stature who's, you know, as long as you're being flooded with commissioner requests and you're busy, I'm. Oh, he's making money. He's busy. I Although, a, a shout out to all the the fans listening. Uh, uh, give him some more Conan yeah, commissions. Yeah, a bit of Conan. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we've got uh, a big friend of the show, Ronald Costa, who again is a, is a fellow artist, and he, he's he's actually working on um, project now, uh, the Starman project. Now he's got some questions. So these are Ronald's questions, which I'm asking. Uh, his first one is uh, Val. When you were working in advertising as an art director, you mentioned in a past interview that you were mostly on the business side of things. How did you manage to keep your skills sharp? When well, I assume if you're working in the business side. Ooh, okay. Um, well. As an art director, I was doing a lot of illustrations, uh-huh. but it got where being an, I was more art director than actually artist. Yep. But I always wanted to break into comics, so when I wasn't at work, I was still drawing at home. Yep. It, with various project ideas um, that have never seen the light of day, but a lot of work was done. And I was mainly getting better and better yeah. at drawing that kind of material. So what was the pull to work in comics, and was the advertising getting boring artistically? Well, yeah, it was boring artistically because it got so I wasn't drawing that much. Yeah. And even even the things you're drawing, you're drawing shoes and yeah. produce and supermarkets. <laughs> you know, it's not superheroes. It's not fantasy. It's like a detergent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, I mean, you're getting you're getting to draw for a living, but it's it's just not the same as comics. I hear you. Now, uh, his second question is: According to Neil Adams, advertising paid very well in comparison to comics back then. If you don't mind me asking, what was the transition like financially? So he's asking, was the pay, were the page rates reasonable when you moved across, or did you have to supplement the work with advertising, or did you completely? Um, I, I, well, when I moved to when I moved to comics, page rates stunk, and I think page rates still stink. 
Um, really? Yeah. Advertising paid better, but the work wasn't anywhere near as fun, and you had you didn't get as much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first switched over, I still continued doing freelance work for lo- local advertising agencies. I'm I'm in upstate New York. Yep. Um, but when you're doing comics, it's hard to have time for anything else. Yeah. Especially when you first start and you really aren't used to how much drawing you have to do. You have to be disciplined. You have to get up every morning and draw even if you don't have any inspiration or yeah. or tired or whatever. You still have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hear that's it's it's, it's that's being professional. It must be hard if you like you get like I get up, you know, have my coffee and I and I log in and I do my, you know, finance work and I can't say I'm exactly inspired, but I'm chugging along. But thank God someone's like you know, you have to draw Lobo fighting three thousand mutants. I'd be like, Jesus Christ, can I go back to bed? <laughs> well, Troy well, Lobo is fun. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Lobo and Conan are Conan are sort of related characters. Yeah, big, big, big muscle guys fighting. You know, one's one's got morals, uh, one doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now that's very true. Uh, you've mentioned uh, that Larry Hummer gave you a big break into comics. Can you talk a yeah. little bit about that experience, like? Um, what's he got here? Like, for example, you said you worked on sample pages after hours at your advertising job. What was in the samples content-wise, and how many pages of sequential work was in your portfolio submissions? So I guess he's asking two questions there, one about Larry Hummer and one about portfolio submissions. Well, at the, at the time I was working with the writer Charles Santino. He, uh-huh. We did some Conan work together. But we had other projects, uh, fantasy, sword, and sorcery projects. It was pretty well developed, too. You know, five, five or six pages, a lot of character design work, mm. and that caught Larry's eye. He didn't care about that project, but it was enough to get me in the door to start working on uh, King Call Stories. Cool, yeah. And was we went this... down to New York City. And what you know, every artist's goal is to get to the Marvel or DC's offices, and once you get in there, they're actually kind of underwhelming. But that's, that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have nice lobbies. Yeah. And everybody's everybody else has a crowded office. <laughs> did they back in those days um you know in the, in the 80s were people still a lot based in the office like was there kind of a marvel you know what do they call it the bullpen and all that or was that gone well that that was sort of gone by the time i started mm. um when i first was going to brayton comics i thought there was a good chance i'd have to move to new york city as much as i wouldn't want to do that yeah but as it turns out i've always worked in my house Oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. So you're ahead of, you're ahead of your time. You're ahead of your time. Uh, <laughs> it was one of the first, I think. And it's, you know, it was all done by, by FedEx and yeah. taxes. I, I always say to Chuck Dixon when he was writing, like, uh, you know, God knows how many, six or seven titles per month. Was he, I just imagine, I say, I imagine Chuck just down there in the basement and, and your wife just came in and dropped in sandwiches and just kept churning and burning. Is that what it's like when you're working full-time from home, churning out all these books? It, it is... It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Um, You have to think up designs. You have to think up locations. Plus, you have to draw. Plus, you're trying to get better at drawing. You're trying to put as much into it as you can to make it good. Uh, Yeah, this is a full-time comics is 10, 12 hours a day every day. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot more than a lot of jobs work. You know, like there's not, you know, like a lot of people make probably as much or, or more money working less hours. So you've got to kind of love the craft, I think. Um, that's for sure. It's tough to get rich in comics. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess now, I guess what you've seen now a lot, Val, is like um, a lot of people who have a bit of a, you know, name from Marvel or DC, they go and do sort of like a mini series and are hoping that it gets picked up by TV or movie. You've probably seen this pattern. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, we, I, I, I did one, one book, The Empire, yeah. a couple of years ago. This was an independent yeah, I think it's a very, very good story, but it's 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 uh, published only. Uh, it's a digital comic. Yeah, yeah, and they just hope it gets optioned and stuff, and, yeah. and you know and... exactly. Now, I, I think it's something. It's 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 about a young girl coming of age. It's uh, vampires in outer space and that sort of thing. That sounds cool. I like the I like the sound of that. Um, now, another question from Ronald. Uh, being a storytelling seems to come very easy to you. Have you ever thought about working in film? or television, uh, or the possibility of transferring those skills to behind the camera. So he's talking about a complete career switch. <laughs> a little late in my career for that, for that kind of switch. When I, when I did advertising, I did a lot of storyboard work. Yeah. Okay. And I was mainly for commercials. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like, um, I always wonder, um, back in the 80s and 90s, it was kind of a glory period for a lot of animated 
you know, series and stuff. Like you had your GI Joes, you had your Transformers. You know, you had like I'm, I'm you know, gargoyles. There's a million things. Like yep. was was that at all? A, you know, you were in your prime as a as a comic book writer. Did you ever kind of look at that and think that animation potentially, uh, you know, was, was well, something? There were there were a lot of artists who've gone into animation and. Uh, developmental work for animation. I would like to have done it. I, I'm a big fan of animation from yeah. the Disney stuff to everything they're doing now. Yeah. Um, but it's not something I ever broke into. Yeah, sure. No. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is interesting. Um, no, I, I think one of the questions that you've highlighted here, Rich, but I think uh, he's answered. Is that why you've highlighted this question? Mm. Okay, you know, they're cool. So we've, now we've got the final question, I think, from... Uh, no, one of the final questions is, I love your work on Conan and Lobo, and your style, style of pencils is different on both. With the more fluid lines on Conan versus the angular stylized slash cartoony lines where you seem to be playing with line weights in a different... Line weights in a deliberate way... Would you attribute that to different inkers, or was this a conscious decision on your part or an evolution of your work? Oh, I, I think the inker has a, a big influence on how the, how the artwork looks. Different yeah. inking styles. I'm, I'm basically sort of drawing the same way. Yeah. Um, okay. And inkers can interpret. I'm, I'm not a person who expects to be followed line for line. Yeah. Because there's some things you do better with an ink than with a pencil. Yeah. Um, I've had my favorite inkers. I really like John Dell on the Lobo, and I really like Dan Green's inks on my my material yeah yeah no i hear you. we um a friend of the show is drew geraci who did a lot of oh, sure, um okay. yeah did you ever work with drew on did he inks you I, he um i think he inked the flash books yeah okay cool yeah no he's he's such a nice guy he's a big pal of the show and i know he worked at dc right around the same era you know that that kind of jla era yeah um, I, no, I, I i think he worked on the, the flash books i did was the, i think he was the, if i remember that right yeah awesome. he's not australian is he? No, 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 no. He's he's he's, a, he's American. It's just someone we've we I met through Facebook years ago, like when we first started the show. So he's been on it. I call him the Marvel Encyclopedia because he's kind of got like an encyclopedic knowledge of Marvel comics. Um, okay. So we give him that tagline. Um, I'm I'm not that good at being encyclopedia. <laughs> neither am I. <laughs> I'd be lost without I'd be lost without the internet. Um, now uh, he's got a question. Here. I would like to know anything you'd like to share in your approach to penciling the different genres and characters. You've kind of covered it. You're very much your preference is very heavy fantasy, but you also have done a lot of superheroes. You know what about Wild yeah. West? Has you ever done any Wild West stuff? I, I've done some Jonah Hex. Oh I yeah. Like I, I'm a I'm a big mar, uh, admirer of a Mobius. John yes. Giroux, yeah, uh, the the blueberry stories. I think they're fantastic. Some of the fantastic art that's ever been done. Yeah, he's an incredible uh, artist. I um, now uh, different. Uh, actually, the, no. are you? Uh, that, that's French. The the blueberry. Yeah, the, isn't the it? French artist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the oh yeah, the the French yeah, art. Oh. The blueberry, the the asterisk. Yes. The twi- oh, that stuff is that's phenomenal. We've actually just started yeah, I really reading the French comics. Beautifully drawn. Yeah, that's a whole. It's a whole. Um, it's a whole subculture and uh, a whole, a whole different strand of comic culture. Would you, would you agree, Val? Like the European French, French scene. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I liked it back in the day when comics had different genres. Yeah. Where it was okay mm. to have westerns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love story books and all the different kinds of things they used to have. It sort of boiled down to superheroes and not much else. Well, and, that, that, yeah. that, that's, that's what's so funny. That's why we've been, uh, uh, I've been reading a bit of the French stuff because they've got like uh, pirates, they've got uh, cowboy, you know, they've got westerns, they've got romance, they've got sci fi fantasy. They don't really do superheroes. They, that's like the one thing they're like, we don't do that. <laughs> leave, leave that for the Americans. Yeah, pretty much. I would like to do a pirate star. I, I never got to do Conan as a, as a pirate with uh, Bailey. That would have been good. I tell you what, a pirate story is a, a fantastic. I chucked in one at CrossGen called El Cazador, which I love. And I don't think I, – I, I think there was also a pirate Batman that he did. Like, I, I don't think – I think the pirate genre could be well more explored than it has been, you know? No, no question. Like swashbuckling and you can have, you know, the more complex comics of today kind of where almost like the villains are the heroes. You can really play with it a lot. Like that, that I don't know if you saw the show Black Sails. Um, um, I'm familiar with it. I had, didn't see that much of it. Yeah, no, look. And uh, it's, but it's, I, I, like, I like the genre. I, I, yeah. More different kind of things are, are better. And yeah. they just really don't explore much of anything. 
exactly. I think and, comics are entirely too grim nowadays also. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my criticisms, the grim and gritty, yeah, I get it. I, I don't mind a bit of grim and gritty myself, but there's too much. But also, Val, I feel that with... The, I, I think they've reduced their superhero genre now to action figures just bashing against them. Each. I don't think they're much that much more advanced than, as a little kid when you were bashing the figures around. Like, these events... They're barely events now to me. There's so many of them. They just come and it's just, it feels very vacant, you know? Well, everything's packaged as an event, even if there's not a good story to tell. Yeah, and that's a shame. Um, now, uh, he's got a question here. Uh, different inkers you've worked with interpret your pencils in their own way, which is part of the fun. Oh, but you've answered this, but who would you say interprets it closest to your original intent for the art? So, you. Well, I, I've, I've had really good inkers. Um... Uh, or like, as I said, John Dell is really good on my stuff. Dan Green is really good on my stuff. Prentice Rollins is really good on my stuff. Right. Um, and uh, the, the one, the one surprise—I didn't remember the name here—was I did a Silver Surfer annual. Uh huh. Bear with me for a second. Uh, Klaus Jansen inked it. Oh yeah, I love and Klaus. I don't know. Jansen. I don't know if you folks see, have ever seen that book, but it's a very interesting combination. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I've got, I didn't know what to make of it at the time, but I've grown so I really, really appreciate it for how good it is. And it's my pencils with a completely different styling. I would, I'll go and check that out because I love a bit of Klaus Johnson. Like he is, uh, he's definitely got his own style. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. he's a very stylistic kind of guy. Um, now the final question for Ronald, and thank you for asking this question, Ronald, is I find it very cool that you've mentioned Wolverine is a close cousin to Conan in attitude, and I couldn't agree more. Would you say? Lobo is a close fit, aside from the humor. No, I, I would say Lobo and Conan are, are very much the same kind of character, except yeah. Lobo is an out-of-control uh, psychopath, and, yeah. and Conan is an adventurer, but they're both big muscle guys, exactly. you know, action-adventure. They very like similar. their wine and women and violence, you know what I mean? All, like... Yes, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Can you see all three of them? So Wolverine... Uh, Lobo and Conan in a team up, and if you were to work on it, who do you think should write it? So a team up of those three guys. I, 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 I would have had Alan Grant write it because because he, he could pull off the humor and could yeah. pull off the dialogue. Yeah, no, that, that is a mishmash of characters. It's crazy. Um, Alan Alan was my favorite writer of World War because I love his dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a really sad loss. Um, I don't know if you were still in contact with him, but it came as... I, I knew that his health wasn't the greatest, but it came as a big shock to me. Yeah, you know? and, and, and his, his health was shaky. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's one of those things... I know we've all got to catch the last train out, but it really hit hard, you know? Like, it was... It really, a, little, a little early for Alan. That's yeah, I totally... 1,000% agree. And comics would be far poorer without him, you know? Like, and... You know, like, you know, you just think of the family. Um, now, looking at it these days, I know you're busy with your commissions. Um, like, looking at your work and how fluid it is and, frankly, how marketable it is, do DC and Marvel ever reach out or do you reach out to them? Do you know a little project? Oh, I, I, I never hear from DC or Marvel. You think, you think no. you'd think call occasionally for an alternate cover. Or for yeah. The Conan Omnibus editions are coming out. Mm. They they asked for a introduction to be written for the, the, the last volume of the three I'm in. Right. But never for any artwork, never for cover art. That's so weird. Thought, you, the, the older artists get disrespected by the uh, the young guys. You, you guys are certainly become the new forgotten generation, I think, because I just think it is absolutely shameful the amount of artists like yourself who are still in their prime, that are still capable of producing fantastic art, are just completely forgotten about. And, they always, they and, always move on to new artists, new cheaper artists. I was going to say, is that is that the thing where they're just like, we can get the next generation at kind of starting rate prices, and we can ice out the I, older I, I ones. Think that's, I think that's fundamental how they do business. Yeah. It's crazy. You, you know what amazes me, actually? We've mentioned Lobo, that there hasn't been, as far as I'm aware, a Lobo omnibus of that Alan Grant and your stuff. Like that's such a like. There's so many fans out there who would just gobble that up, you know. I I think it's only a matter of time. I think the companies have realized these omnibus editions are real cash cows for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the only thing that's I mean, I don't know what the print run is, but a five thousand, maybe ten thousand times one hundred twenty-five dollars cover price. That's a big number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I Val, those omnibuses are the only thing keeping them in business. Sometimes I think. <laughs> it, 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 it could it could well be. Um, well, I'm. I'm you know. There's been a football bunch of them that come out now. 
Oh man, so I've got I've got a ton of them on my shelf. I've got a I've got a stack of them on my shelf. And um, if, if they put out a Lobo on them, I'd beat a path down to well, probably Amazon to get it. Like, but <laughs> seriously, like it's you know, like they need to do that. And you know, when I think of when I think of Lobo, I think of your artwork, you know, because it was so distinctive. And, and I, I also know Simon Bisley was also huge. But I actually think of your artwork because I think there was so much of it, you know what I mean, through that period? Um, oh, I, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think when you're working on the monthly book, you start to define what the character, what the character looks like, what, how it behaves. Yeah. His persona, all of those sorts of things. And I, and I think a lot of it was established with the monthly book. Yeah, no well, and I think it's only a matter of time before there'll be an omnibus. Yeah, I, I think so too. Now, well, the mm. fact they put it on DC Infinite is a good sign too, because like that tells me that they've got the digital files, they're ready to go. Like, what's holding them back? You know, stop blaming the war in Ukraine and COVID, please. Can we get these books out? You know, like, like... focus a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I want to basically say, uh, you know, well, firstly, thank you so much for your time, but like. I, I want to get listeners your website details so they can approach you for commissions. Like, what's your website details there, Val? Right. My, my website will be my name, valsemix.com. www.valsemix.com. Um, there's a lot to see there. I, you know, um, there's a lot of sketchbook stuff, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Um, commission info, you can go to commissions page and find all that kind of information. Cool. I also have a Facebook page where I routinely post new artwork things Excellent. I'm working on so if you want to see that that's a good place to go I saw some great uh, demon artwork you put up there a while ago Val and I remember I saw some really and I know there's a lot of demon fans out there as well and my apologies for not asking more demon questions but um, who did you it was with Alan Grant or was it with the Garth Ennis that you did demon no, Alan Grant was the writer on a demon. Okay right okay cool wow okay I, yeah, I don't know, you know I don't know why but I always love the dialogue I love the big chompers that you gave Demon for some reason. You gave him massive teeth. Yeah. Well, I bet it's go, it goes back to Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> did did can I, and I'm showing my ignorance here, and my apologies to the comic book world. Did Jack Kirby create Demon? Is that? Yeah, it was originally really? a Demon character. Yeah, originally hmm. a Kirby character. You First know what? The... You learn something every day because I, I did not know that. There you go. I, I, I assumed he was more recent, but okay, wow. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, okay, so he's been around forever. The rhyming with the rhyming. I've always, you know what? If And I'm a writer. I'd hate to write Demon because the rhyming would drive me crazy having to come up with the rhymes. That, that had to be hard to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that, that, yeah. That's why some writers just don't bother. <laughs> but you, you've only got so much room in a dialogue balloon and it has to rhyme. So. <laughs> that's funny did you ever do any um hitman because uh, i know that was around that period did you ever ever get a chance i never, to... I never did hitman yeah you, but you know what the style on hitman i could see you doing that as well because it's right around that era you know like i could see a hitman lobo do you get people saying to you for your commissions doesn't necessarily have to be something you've done a lot of so if, so, if, if someone said to you i want to shoot out scene wild west scene uh, like okay, gunfight of the OK Corral with Hitman and Lobo. Could you do that? Well, I, I well I could draw anything at Excellent. this point. Yeah, I haven't done that. I've done I've done Captain America with with uh, six shooters and a cowboy hat on. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Oh, you you might find a commission request in your email box from David Finn uh, with the with the uh, gunfight of the OK. I'm going to have to workshop <laughs> around in my head a little bit, but I think I've got the starting of something going here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I give I give Lobo the sheriff star though. You know, I, sure. I do like wacky commission ideas. You get a better result. Yeah, I think it's more fun. You know, like uh, you got to make I've it a bit a fun. Of requests for the old Ditko character, the question. Yes. Which I barely knew who the character was, but they they fans seem to like that one. Well, I think he was in some of the animated stuff, um, which is where I know him from. I, mm. He's a cool character. Um, I don't know a lot about him, but he's he's a cool visual, actually. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway, um, look, Val, thank you so much for your time. Um, we really appreciate it on Signal, and it's great having an artist on here. Now, I do want you to know you're welcome back any time, but um, thank you so much for your conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, it's been a pleasure on my part, too. It's been fun talking to you two guys. <laughs> Very insightful. Loved it. Thanks, Val. All right, then. Well, have a good night. You too, Same mate. To you.